Welcome to TNT Sports Talk. Today is Tuesday, November 6th. As always, we're presented by D's Home Cuts. I got a huge show packed for you today. We got to jump right in uh, just to get all of the sports news in. Uh, like I said, it was a crazy week of the NF- in the NFL. It was a crazy week around sports in general. We have a lot of stuff to talk about, and I want to get into it right away, starting with week 9 of the NFL. We're over halfway with the NFL regular season, which kind of brings a tear to your eye uh, if you think about it, because football is almost halfway over. Uh, but then we got the playoffs, so I guess it's really not halfway over. Um, but again, it is counting down here soon. Division races are getting tighter. Things are getting a little more heated. Uh, coaches, hot seat's going to start getting a little bit hotter. We got hot seat checker a little bit later in the show. So let's get into this. With the Thursday night game, San Francisco versus the Oakland Raiders. San Francisco won 34-3. I predicted that right. Nick Mullins started that game for the 49ers. I know Bethard was available. Uh, He was a little banged up, but he was available for emergency. But it did look uh, a little similar to a couple years ago um, when the 49ers had a backup quarterback start a primetime game uh, after their starter got hurt. I know Jimmy Garoppolo is their starter, but you know Bethard was a guy for the rest of the season. He got dinged up, and next thing you know, Nick Mullins comes out, and he straight up balls, going 16 for 22, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, 260 yards. My guy was a straight, uh, calculated just straight up balled in this game. Um, Nick Mullins played so well that he's going to earn the start for next week's game, which he deserves. He was uh, sensational. Um, I got to the game a little bit later. I was driving down. Uh, I was driving when the game started, but when I got to the place I needed to be, I was able to turn it on and watch it for a little bit. And he looked good. He looked, he looked po- posed, poised, posed, poised in the pocket. Um Kyle Shanahan really developed a pretty good game plan for him, um, centered around the running game, which looked pretty solid for them. I get it. It's the Oakland Raiders. But again, Nick Mullins looked pretty good. I know he's going to be a hot uh, fantasy waiver wire target uh, as the week goes here. But he did look good, and I think he does deserve another start uh, next week. As far as the Oakland Raiders go, they're tanking. It's a bad year right now. They're trying to get that number one pick. Uh, Dallas helped them out a little bit last night. Um, but the Oakland Raiders, it's looking rough. Gruden's not going to be fired. Don't think anything like that's going to happen. They are completely tearing it down, as you can see, uh, to get a first, a high first-round pick. Because they will have three in this upcoming draft. Next game on Sunday. Get to the Sunday action. Pittsburgh versus Baltimore. Pittsburgh won 23-16 as the Baltimore Ravens continue to slide. Uh, rumors of Harbaugh being fired have started to sort of being tossed up in the air. Uh, Baltimore's got a much-needed bye week this week, so that's going to help them out. Uh, hopefully, they won't make any rash decisions as this bye week goes. But again, wouldn't be surprised. As far as Pittsburgh goes, Pittsburgh has sort of put it together as of late, starting really slow. They've kind of, you know, restored order in that AFC North. The Bengals, so the Bengals aren't an AFC North championship team. Uh, they were leading that division for a long time, but Pittsburgh restored order and put it all back together, uh, and they will now be winning that AFC North. You can pretty much guarantee that. Uh, but James Conner looked great again. Uh, we got some updates on Le'Veon Bell a little bit later in the show, so I won't spend too much time on this game. We'll go to Chicago versus Buffalo, the game of the century. Nathan Peterman got another start uh, somehow 
for the Buffalo Bills. He took the loss, though, 41-9. to uh, A little shocking. Uh, but he did play the whole game, which was another thing people were kind of shocked about. He played the entire game, had two picks. I know they don't have much in terms of a backup. They got Barkley, uh, who I think would be a lot better than Peterman. Um, but again... It was rough for the Buffalo Bills. It's been a rough season for them and their fans. Uh, the whole year, you know, last year they made it to the playoffs, barely squeaked in. Uh, they got bounced out in the first round. They just had a bad offseason. You know, everything going all together, the Buffalo Bills, just a sad franchise. Meanwhile, the Chicago Bears, uh, they still suck. They've only beaten, you know, like the Jets and the Bills, so... We can't really count them as anything yet, just yet. You know, I get it, they won without Khalil Mack, but, uh, you know, I don't think the, the Bears are anything to really be afraid of yet. Trubisky, man, he is a cocky uh, dude. He's walking in there, he's got these fresh suits on, he's wearing the Ditka thing for Halloween, and he hasn't done crap yet. I can't wait till he comes back to... To the Packers, well, it won't be back in Green Bay. I can't wait till he plays an actual good team and he has to face the good uh, teams in the NFL uh, and he gets smacked around. He's acting like he's a, like a superstar Pro Bowl quarterback when he really all he does is run around a little bit. So slow down a little bit if I were uh, Mitch Trubisky. But thankfully I'm not. I'm a fan of the Packers, so I don't have to worry about the Bears uh, that much because we kick their ass every single week we play them. Let's go to Tampa Bay and Carolina. Um, Carolina got the win 42-28. to A little bit of a closer game than it looks. Uh, I know in the beginning Fitzpatrick didn't look great, but he does his thing. Fitzmagic showed up a little bit. It was a little a little taste, a little sprinkle of magic showed up there towards the end. Uh, and he did get close to tying it up, but Carolina was able to put it away. Um, and the Panthers, I think, are the most slept-on team in the NFL right now. Uh, Cam Newton has been quietly putting together a fantastic season uh, with North Turner. Um, this defense is looking pretty solid as usual. Not to, the new corner, Jackson. I can't remember his first name from LSU, I believe. Um, he has been looking pretty solid as of late. Um, and he is looking like a Rookie of the Year candidate. But... Uh, the Panthers are bogged down by that tough NFC. They got the Rams and the Saints, who I think the Saints are the best team in the NFL. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but Carolina, you got um, Christian McCaffrey, who is one of the best young backs in the NFL. My guy Curtis Samuel from Ohio State put together a pretty nice uh, touchdown run, and they've kind of sort of figured it out a little bit there in Carolina. North Turner is kind of using the pieces the way they were drafted, the way they were they were brought in, the way they he's using them the way they're supposed to be used, um, and it's working out really well for the Panthers. Uh, as far as Tampa Bay goes, this team's fallen. They got quarterback issues. Um, one of the probably biggest. Uh, quarterback issues in the league right now. Fitzpatrick is a fine backup, probably the best backup in the NFL, but he's not a long-term starter. Uh, he's been shown that over his long, uh, over the longevity of his career, over the longevity. I don't know, but uh, he's just not a starter. Um, I be I go even as far to say that uh, Fitzpatrick is the best backup in NFL history. Um, I don't think that's that bold of a statement. I think he is the best backup in NFL history, but he's just not a starter. Um, and Winston was supposed to be your starter, but I guess you got to move on from him now. Uh, so kind of a bad time to be a uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. But uh, next game, Kansas City and Cleveland. Kansas City won 37-21 as the Greg Williams era starts off slow. Uh, 
things really didn't look that different for the Cleveland Browns. I know it's you know the, sort of a short week in terms of getting your system put together with Greg Williams. Um, things really didn't look better. They didn't look worse, so I guess you build off that. Um, but I don't really know where you go here if you're the Browns. I think you just got to let the system work out a little bit, uh, get the kinks worked out as you go week by week, and uh, hopefully you'll be better next week. But Kansas City Chiefs are the one of the best teams in the NFL. We're waiting for that Andy Reid come down where they slow down. They usually start hot and then they slow down. We're waiting for that when Andy Reid gets all cold in the months of December and his motivation just drops and he just focuses on stuffing his face, getting ready for hibernation for the winter. But it hasn't happened yet. He's staying strong. Maybe it's the warm weather. Maybe it's that global warming. But uh, Andy Reid's staying strong in the past couple of weeks. Uh, and Pat Mahomes is, again, doing his thing. Next game, Jets in Miami. If you watch this game, I don't know why you watch football. This was the worst game of the week. Uh, Miami won 13-6 off of Jerome Baker. Shout out Ohio State. Uh, interception. Uh, pick, pick six, sorry. Sam Darnold looked like trash. Um, I know a lot of Jets fans are quick to want to just throw the towel in and just let him go and move on um, and draft another quarterback. But you can't do that yet. He, he was drafted early for you. He was drafted early enough to be the uh, future here, and you got to give him time. This offensive line that the Jets have is pretty um, bad. Uh, the, the the running game's decent. The wide receivers are decent. You know, Robbie Anderson's the best target he has. But other than that, there's really not much there. Um, so don't don't give up on Darnold yet. You got to stick it out. I hate when teams give up on young quarterbacks so quickly. Um, when you throw a guy into the fire like that, like I said, you know, I am a huge advocate for sitting a rookie uh, for an entire year. You see how it's worked out for guys like. Um, uh, Mahomes now, Rodgers, uh, Brady, a lot of these guys sat for extended period of time. Even Goff sat for a couple games. So you can see why it works. I don't really understand why you put guys in the fire just like that. Um, but you got to give him time. You just got to give him a little bit more time. You know, he's just kind of drowning right now. You got to give him time to get acclimated and start swimming a little bit. And I think it's going to take, you know, a year, maybe a little bit more. So don't give up on Darnold just yet. Um, Miami's not going to do anything move on Detroit and Minnesota Minnesota got the win 24 to 9 uh, Minnesota's kind of back a little bit Kirk Cousins has been playing well not exceptionally great but he has been playing pretty decent football as of late uh, I'm not sure where the Detroit Lions are at where what where their heads are at right now um, are they rebuilding are they just staying consistent I'm not really sure they're kind of stuck in this NFL limbo right now nobody really knows where they're going Um so as far as that win, it's a solid win for the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, I called out Detroit a couple weeks ago, said Detroit's probably the best, uh, slept most slept on, best team in the NFL. Um, but I called them out, and now they've lost two straight. So they got the Travis curse on them, and they've just been falling. And Minnesota's been playing well, uh, but I don't think they're better than the Packers. Next game, Atlanta and Washington. Atlanta won 38-14. to uh, Ha-ha Clinton Dix, big ha-ha Clinton Dix guy comes in, says he's going to change up that defense. So they give up 38 points, and they give up a touchdown to Julio Jones. Listen, I like ha-ha Clinton Dix. He's my guy. Uh, I have a jersey of him. But uh, he's no longer a Packer. He no longer gets my support. Uh, I don't. I, I didn't love him enough to where I want him to succeed, like Jordy. Um 
and I was really happy to watch him get dragged into the end zone by uh, Julio Jones, who finally scored his first touchdown of the year. Next game, Houston and Denver. Houston won again, 19-17. Houston continues its march to the Super Bowl, possibly being the third, maybe even second best team in the NFC if you put them above the Patriots, which I don't think anybody would really do, uh, or you put them above the Chiefs, which I don't think anybody will. But again, it's just something to think about. Uh, Houston just continues its march to... Uh, you know, what are they at? Six straight wins now, something crazy like that. Next game, the Chargers versus the Seattle uh, Seahawks. The Chargers won 25-17. to Good win for them. Seattle has been a little bit hot as of late. Uh, they've had a little bit of a resurgence, if that's what you want to call it, um, in terms of, uh, you know, everybody kind of thought they were dead. Everybody put... Uh, the Dunn chain around them, but they've kind of bounced back as of late, and they have you know won a couple good games, and they've looked better. But uh, the Chargers were able to win. Seattle had that one untimed down there at the end on the goal line, and they just couldn't get it done. The guy dropped the ball. Um, so Chargers continue to win uh, without Joey Bosa, which is huge, and they got a pretty easy schedule um, coming up, and they're getting Bosa back hopefully a little bit later in the end of the season here, fresh for the playoffs, which is just going to help them out immensely. Next game, probably the best freaking game of the weekend, the Rams versus the Saints. That was so exciting. 45-35, the Saints won. Uh, the 72 Dolphins popped their champagne. No more undefeated teams in the NFL. Uh, their record is safe. Seattle, Seattle. The Saints played amazing. All their offensive weapons showed out. Uh, their top guys, you know, Breeze played well. Thomas with the with the Joe Horn cell phone flip. Um Kamara had a couple nice touchdowns. This was just a very good game for the Saints, and I think it's proven now that they are the best team in the NFC, maybe even in the NFL if you want to go that far, which I will. Um, they've put it together. Sean Payton's coaching really well. This defense is looking well. This Taysom Hill is a weapon. He is one of the most slept-on weapons in the NFL, um, and he is just insanely good at what he does and what he's used for and i think teams got to start game planning for him now even though he is backup third string quarterback next game sunday night green bay and new england new england won 31 to 17 that is all next game tennessee at dallas the monday night game uh, tennessee got the win 28 to 14 uh they looked good um you know, they had a couple nice plays. I know that, like, uh, triple option shuffle pass that uh, Deion Lewis, Mariota had looked really nice. Um, other than that, they played pretty well. Dallas just doesn't look good. Uh, Dak Prescott, like I said, is an average quarterback who I think the Dallas Cowboys, after last night's game, are now looking to move on from, uh, which is kind of crazy to think. Because um, last two years ago, when he was a rookie, everybody – it's crazy we're into his third year – but two years ago, everybody was saying, you know, he's going to be the next big starter for Dallas, the next Aikman, Romo, um, Stallback type of person who's just going to lead that team to a bunch of Super Bowls. But he just hasn't done that because he's an average quarterback um, who I think his time starting in the NFL is slowly running out, as we can see. And Mariota keeps his job for another week, but I think his job, his time as an NFL starter is slowly running out as well. But that's it for the game. That's week nine wrap-up. I want to talk about a couple other headlines in the NFL before we move on to college. Uh, 
We'll start with the Browns' head coaching list. Again, the Browns are the only team in the NFL to, to have a uh, to not have a head coach right now. But I guess uh, their list has kind of been released to the public. Uh, one of the big names on that list is Mike McCarthy, which is uh, not surprising when you look into it, but a little bit surprising as he is the head coach for the Packers right now. Um, McCarthy is uh, one of the most stable coaches in the NFL in terms of longevity. He's been with Green Bay for a long time, but he it's grown stale as of late. Um, he hasn't really looked well as of late, and I think Green Bay Packer fans are ready to move on from him. He's got that connection with John Dorsey. Uh, I know they've been you know linked closely. Does it make sense for the Browns? I'm not sure. Uh, you know, there becomes a point in the NFL where you slowly start to see a shift uh, in coaching styles, uh, and we're seeing that right now. Mike McCarthy's playbook of the old isn't really working into the current NFL, and it's been shown that he really doesn't want to adapt like successful coaches have. Guys like Sean Payton, who have been around for a long time, have adapted their offensive schemes, and, you know, it's worked out well for them. You know, you got a guy like Sean McVay. You know, those Sean McVay is the prototypical head coach which every fan is now looking for. Um, and McCarthy, you know, he's a good coach. He's a fine coach. He's won a Super Bowl. He can do it, and I think it would be a good good idea for the Browns to hire him because he would be a consistent force there with which the Browns haven't had for a long time. Uh, I think a fresh start would do McCarthy well. Um, like I said, though, he isn't a, you know, a Sean McVay. He's not a, you know, a Nagy. He's not an offensive mastermind, but he will. I think a wake-up call would be received if he gets fired by the Packers. I don't think it's really hit him yet that it's a possibility he could be fired. And I think a, a nice wake-up call, um, could be something he needs to kind of turn around and update his offense, which I think the Browns could use. Um, and I think McCarthy would be a good job there. Other names, Lincoln Riley is the guy I think everybody wants. I don't think Lincoln Riley wants to go there, though. Um, he is basically uh, Sean McVay 2.0 uh, in Browns fans' minds. He is like the you know, the young, hot, hot shot, offensive-minded guy. Um but the jump from college to NFL is a lot harder than people think. So, other names, you know, Jim Harbaugh from Michigan, the head coach there, not the guy from the uh, the Ravens. That's John. Uh, he wants to get back in the NFL. I'm not sure he would like to leave Michigan, but maybe he would. Um, I don't think Browns fans would like that as much. You know, I get it. He's been to a Super Bowl. Um, he is a good coach, though. He has turned around every single place he's ever been to, uh, and I think it would be a good idea for him to uh, go to the Browns and maybe try to turn it around there. A couple, two other names. John D. Filippo, the offensive coordinator for the Vikings. His name has been tossed around a little bit. He was with the Browns a couple years ago as the offensive coordinator under Pettin. Um, that would make sense, but also uh, I think you'd run into kind of a Shermer issue uh, with which the Giants have right now. I think D. Filippo is a little bit over hyped, a little bit. And then you got Bruce Arians, who said he would come out yesterday. He actually said he quoted they had a quote when he said he would come out of coaching retire. He would come out of retirement to coach the Browns, uh, and Bruce Arians, you know, he helped turn around the Cardinals, he had a bad year last year, but again, that was a lot of injuries there, um, that's another interesting name, so there's some, there's five good candidates here, um, I think McCarthy is your best choice, um, I think Lincoln, I think Bruce Arians is the, uh, long shot, I think Lincoln Riley is an overhyped, and I think DG, John DeFilippo is a little overhyped too, and I don't think Harbaugh is going to happen. I think he'll stay in Michigan. 
A uh, couple other more headlines I want to talk about. Sam Bradford got cut by the Cardinals. Um, 83 games he started over his career. Um, you know He's made a ton of money for really just doing average quarterback play. Um, he signed a one-year $20 million deal with the Cardinals, which is now down the drain because um, he was cut. Uh, he made a lot of money this year, though. Um, he is the best finesser in the NFL in terms of getting that bag. He makes money... Uh, just because he, you know, does these little checkdowns. You know, that that first round draft pick that he had on him, the first round draft pick from Oklahoma coming out of Oklahoma, the number one overall pick, and that Heisman carried him to at least three contracts. Um, and then that one year, that one year with the Vikings where he played a little well, all he did was do little checkdowns, that carried him to his next contract. And he just keeps these little tiny moments of success have just sustained him over his career. Um, another cut, Bruce Irvin got cut by the Raiders, Packers, please. Um, he is a sack, uh, specialist. He's a pass rusher. Doesn't really do much. First round draft pick a couple years ago by the Seahawks. And he's just everything, ever since he's come into this league, he's done one thing and one thing only, and that's sack the quarterback. Um, so you got to give, uh, you got a guy who, just continually all he does is sack the quarterback now he has off the field issues uh he kind of got cut by the raiders i think due to a lack of effort and just really didn't really seem uh, motivated to try and turn the raiders around uh he really doesn't want to be on a loser that's why i think the packers would be a great place for him to go but again we probably won't do it uh just because of his off the field issues because we don't usually sign guys who off the field stuff uh which sometimes even though it'd be a good idea to sign bruce Irvin because we have no effing pass rush it doesn't make sense. Whatever. Uh, last NFL news headlines, and then we'll get into one more segment of the NFL before we go to college uh, and the rest of the news. Uh, Chris Johnson, uh, he retired. I know everybody pretty much knows that name if you were a fan of football from about 07 to maybe 13, 12, 13, because um, he was the best offensive player in the NFL during those years. Um, the running back for the Titans, everybody kind of knows him from. Uh, he played with the Cardinals a couple years, was a decent backup, wasn't nothing special. Um, he is the prototypical example of how quickly a, uh, a running back especially can burst onto the scene and just do the just constant wear and tear on him, uh, which the Titans did use. Uh, he gets out of the league as quickly as he comes in. Uh, those That Titans run game a couple years ago with Lendell White and Chris Johnson was amazing. Uh, they kind of invented the first, everybody's doing it now, but they were the, really the first team to go with two running backs. Um, now everybody's got two or three, but Chris Johnson in 2009 was one of the best seasons I've ever seen by a running back. Um, in 2009, he had 2,500 yards, all-purpose yards, you know, receiving. Uh, he's probably one of the fastest players in the NFL history. Um, he ends his career with 9,651 9, yards, uh, which is impressive. But like I said, he, as quickly as he came onto the scene, is as quickly as he burned out. Um, you know, a couple injuries here and there, and then slowly he started to uh, um, fade away into the you know, shadows. But when he was in the limelight in 09, you know, 10... 08 he was the nfl he was a star um i had a chris johnson jersey back in the day uh i know a lot of other people did everybody loved him you know he was a you know he had the dreads he had the gold uh grill um everything about him was so much fun to watch he was just a human highlight reel um 
in the Madden, I think it was Madden 2010, he was just absolutely dominant. He was right up there with Michael Vick um, in terms of dominance in Madden. Uh, you just get the ball to him and he'd run for a million yards. So it's sad to see a guy like Chris Johnson retire. Uh, but again, you know, the Titans didn't really have a quarterback back then. Um, so they just used him and they used him so uh so much that the wear and tear on his body just you know ended his career a little bit too early um and i think chris johnson helped to kind of pave a way for this two running back system because you know now you get the the tread off the tires a little bit you slowly start to stop using these running backs uh until they you know get hurt until their career ends a little bit too early um so he did do a lot for the nfl you know he he did do a lot and i think um you know, if he would have played a little bit longer, he would have been an easy Hall of Fame candidate. Uh, now I don't think he's played enough to do it. Um, even though I would put him in the Hall of Fame, it's, he, chances are he won't. He just didn't play long enough. And he wasn't like a Barry Sanders type of starter. You know, those years where he was good, he was really good. But when he was bad, he was just kind of average. So the trade deadline was last week. We talked about that in the show. Now I wanted to do a check-in on all the guys moved at the trade deadline, see how well they played with their new home. So Amari Cooper will go there first uh, because that was the biggest name. He had five receptions, 58 yards, and a touchdown last night. Um, he didn't look like a star. He just looked like an average receiver. Um, he looked like the Cowboys were just trying to get him involved as early as possible. And, you know, it worked out for them. You know, he got a touchdown. But, again, in the end, they lost the game. Um, I don't think he looked like somebody who uh, should – be traded for a first round pick but he did look solid he looked solid and again it's one week so we can't really judge it slow solely based on that so two guys didn't play golden tate was on a bye week and then ty montgomery wasn't active but uh demarius thomas played for the houston texans he had three catches 61 yards uh versus denver um kind of came back home which is funny because you know he left denver and then he comes back and plays at denver uh three catches 61 yards so a pretty solid outing for him and they got the win haha ha, clinton Dix, you know he had five tackles i watched the game he didn't look great uh he didn't make any standoutish plays which is what haha ha, clinton Dix is he is somebody who 90% of the place he's just going to be, you know, meh, he's going to be all right. He's just going to be, you know, an average safety. He's going to, you know, clean up the end there. He's going to make sure nothing really bursts out um, as best as he can. Uh, and then maybe, you know, once in a blue moon, you'll get an absolutely fantastic play that he'll make. Uh, and everybody still thinks he's a Pro Bowl caliber guy, which he isn't because he shows lack of effort. Um but again, he had five tackles. Like I said, though, he was dragged, though, into the end zone by Julio Jones. Uh, and they got the loss there, which is surprising. They put up 38, that the uh, Falcons put up 38 versus the Redskins because the Falcons uh, aren't that good of a team. Uh, and the Redskins supposedly had a top five defense, so which is interesting. Next guy, uh, Fowler, had one tackle. Um, he didn't really play that much. He was he looked kind of overwhelmed a little bit, which is understandable because he was traded um, just a couple days ago. Uh, I saw one play where he got absolutely got his bell rang. He got his shit rocked uh, by one of the uh, offensive linemen for the Saints. But he did, uh, like I said, play, which is you got to give a guy credit for that, playing um, in a game with the team that you just got traded you got to give those guys credit um 
But other than that, that's it for the NFL. We'll go to college really quickly, then we'll move on to basketball. Uh, so college, week 10. A uh, couple games I want to talk about. i got about three games here I want to uh, highlight. Uh, Nebraska at Ohio State. Ohio State won 36-31. I don't know what's up with Ohio State. I don't know what happened to them. They had a bye week, and they come out, and they put up a shit show like this versus a pretty bad Nebraska team. I get it. Nebraska comes out all hyped up because they are playing against Ohio State, but Ohio State has to play better if they want a shot at the championship game. If they if they want to make it, they got to win out, um, and almost losing to Nebraska doesn't help. Uh, and I think this is going to be setting up a pretty exciting Ohio State-Michigan matchup, but I digress. We'll wait for that to happen in a couple weeks. Louisville and Clemson. Clemson just completely annihilated the Cardinals, seventy-seven to sixteen, showing us why Clemson deserves a playoff spot. Um, Louisville has come a long way since Lamar Jackson left, and it's just a giant uh, crapshoot of a program right now for the Cardinals of Louisville. Next game, West Virginia versus Texas. The best game of the week it turned out to be. Uh, Texas lost 41-42. to Again, Texas plays well versus good teams like West Virginia. But West Virginia played uh, pretty well, too, to get the win. You know, Dana Holgerson, that man is a straight-up beauty. I mean, he's got his hair flopping around. He was sweating. It was hot in Texas. And he has the, those... Little, I'd say about seven to eight long strands of hair that he brushes back, just flopping around everywhere. Um, and they scored, and he put his you know balls on the table and went for two, and they were able to win that game, which was a crazy move. Uh, but I love West Virginia. West Virginia is probably my second favorite team by Ohio State, just because I love Greer. I like Dana Holgerson, um, and I just love what they're doing there. Uh, and it was a great game for them and a great win. Uh, Georgia and versus Kentucky. Uh, Georgia won 34-17. Kentucky is a good team. They're not going to beat the big dogs of the SEC, but they will continue to play well um, and get a solid bowl game. This is their best season they've had in a long time, but they're not not good enough to beat Georgia. Michigan and Penn State. Michigan won 42-7. Michigan's a pretty good team. I'm not scared of them. As an Ohio State fan, I know some fans are probably, but we're not scared of them. They're just kind of Michigan, you know. Urban Meyer's got them circled, you know. This Ohio State, Ohio State versus Michigan, you know, everything is thrown out the windows. You throw the record books away, uh, you throw the the, the the stats, whatever, you throw them away because everybody gets hyped up for that game. And you know, Michigan is going to play well, but Ohio State's going to play even better, and I think they'll still win. But anyways. The game of the week supposedly was supposed to be LSU and Alabama. Alabama won 29-0. LSU didn't really play well at all. Um, it's hard when you don't have your best defensive player uh, for majority of that game. Um, LSU just not ready to beat Alabama yet. They're not a playoff team. That paves the way for another team to get in, like Ohio State, uh, when we beat Michigan down the line here. Um, Alabama's the best team in the country. You can't deny that. Uh I get it. They haven't really played many teams, but they beat LSU, who has played well all year, um, and they shut them out. So you got to give Alabama that. They played well. Um, But that's it for football. Um, I hate watching Alabama succeed, but they just continually do it every single year. So we're going to move now to basketball. But before that, um, I want to remind you guys about my guy, Andrew, at A's Lawn Service. So A's Lawn Service, we talk about them in every single show. 
Since 2014, Aze has been providing professional landscaping to many homes around Northeast Ohio. By using professional equipment, Aze strives to provide families with the best landscaping at the fairest price. Um, turn to Aze for all your landscaping needs and you will not be disappointed. Your home will never look better. Trust A's for all your landscaping needs, and you will not be disappointed. The phone number is 330-241-2392. Again, 330-241-2392. And the email is lawnservice.a's at gmail.com. It's cold. Uh, the wind's blowing today. The leaves are going to be everywhere. Uh, turn to A's for all your landscaping needs, and he'll make sure your lawn and your home are looking fantastic. A's Lawn Service LLC. You grow it, we cut it. So... Let's do basketball here. A little bit, a little bit of basketball action. We haven't, we haven't talked a lot about basketball, but go through the headlines real quick here. Uh, so Luke Walton on the hot seat right now. Uh, the Lakers haven't gotten off to the best start in the world. I'm actually going to look up their record right now because I didn't write it down because I meant to write it down, but I did not. Um, but the Lakers haven't gotten off to the greatest start, um, which nobody really expected them to come out of the gates just absolutely firing. Um, but they start; they're now four and six, so they haven't been great. Um, apparently, Magic Johnson is really frustrated at Luke Walton. Uh, he's been, you know, I guess they had some sort of meeting where he voiced his frustrations and kind of got in Walton's face uh, and screamed and yelled at him uh, and told him he's got to do his job a little bit better. Apparently, LeBron voiced his support though for Luke Walton, which is like a kind of a kiss of death. Um, because whenever LeBron says he supports a coach, he either leaves or that coach is then fired pretty quickly. Uh, David Blatt, uh, Ty Lue, you know, had to leave for medical problems. You know, LeBron is just the LeBron is the kiss of death for any coach, um, in the NBA. Uh, you know, I get it. Spolster was able to hang with him for a couple years, um, but he had Pat Riley to kind of back him up a little bit. Um, but like I said, Luke Walton is on the hot seat right now. I don't know how much longer he'll last. I don't know who they would get in place of Luke Walton. I think Luke Walton's a fine young coach. Um, and I think he's done a pretty decent job with all this young talent that the Lakers have. But now that they have all these big personalities, all these you know guys that they have to control, and somebody like LeBron who kind of feeds these big personalities to just become you know bigger and more of a headache off the court and on the court um you know luke wallen's just not really ready to handle all of that um and lebron is a good leader he he leads guys on the, on the court but off the court he's been known to cause some problems and i don't think luke Wal luke walton has the uh personality to kind of lead this team in the right direction but we'll see. I think he'll stay on at least for a couple more weeks but if he doesn't start to turn this thing around soon uh i could easily easily see uh the lakers moving on from luke walton and going after somebody that lebron likes um but we'll see as it goes uh another laker news i know lakers are probably the biggest team talking talking about right now we're talking about right now um but uh there is other teams right now but tyson chandler was bought out by the Suns. Um, you know, he's 36 years old. He's a 36 year old center who's had a lot of success in the past, but you know, he's coming towards the end of his career. So what does he got to do? He gets bought out, and he's going to go to the Lakers, where he's going to be uh, that kind of depth that they need uh, on the bench there. Like I said, though, he's 36 years old. He has had you know a lot of success in the past, but you know, just now he's just really not. Um, been a force as of late and i'm glad the suns moved on from him because now we can see a little bit more of Aiton, um which is going to be exciting so tyson chandler uh bought out by the suns and is now signing with the lakers where he will compete for minutes with javel mcgee who has been sensational this year so that's it for basketball um I know we could talk about a lot more teams, a lot more storylines, and we will do that on Thursday. We'll kind of get a little bit more into basketball and what's going on so far. Uh, you know, kind of a uh, 
first couple of weeks review. But we're going to move to baseball now with the offseason slowly coming in. We are Baseball stories are going to be fewer and far between, but we do have the awards for the 2018 season. Uh, we'll start with the gold glove. Um, we'll go around, go around the horn here. First base, Matt Olson from the A's. Second base, Ian Kinsler. Shortstop, Andrew Tull. Andralta, I can't ever pronounce his name, Simmons from the Angels, uh, Matt Chapman, my guy from the A's, Alex Gordon uh, from the uh, Royals, Jackie Bradley in center field for the Red Sox, and then right field Mookie Betts from the Red Sox as well. As far as catcher goes, Salvador Perez got it again from the Royals, and then Dallas Keuchel got the pitcher's award. Um, couple things I want to talk about here with the AL Award winners. Uh, Matt Chapman is going to be a superstar in a couple years. Superstar in terms of baseball, not uh, worldwide, because again, baseball is very shitty at how it markets its players. Um, and Matt Chapman has the potential to be a superstar, but Again, they won't show it. And then you got Matt Olson, who is also from the A's. So the A's got a pretty good young core there with Olson and Chapman, uh, the two Mats going back to back, uh, winning a Gold Glove for the first time in their career. Uh, future's bright in Oakland. We'll go to the NL around the horn. First base, we had a tie with Anthony Rizzo and Freddie Freeman. Second base, DJ LeMahieu. Shortstop, Nick Ahmed. Uh, Nolan Arenado at third. Corey Dickerson in left field. Uh, Insignarte from the Braves in center, and then Nick Markakis in right field. And then the pitch, pitcher is at Grinky. Catcher uh, Yadier Molina. So a lot of familiar names on this list. Not a lot of new guys, um, but again. Interesting, a tie at first base with Rizzo and Freeman. Rizzo was out most of the year, um, so I'm surprised he is uh, there. But again, it's just how they do it. And uh, that's it for the Gold Glove winners. Uh, MVP candidates were also released. Jose Ramirez, Mookie Betts, and uh, Mike Trout from the AL. Uh, I think Mike Trout will win that. Uh, Even though Mookie Betts does deserve it, I think just, you know, Mike Trout's the better player. NL, Christian Yelich, Nolan Arenado, and Javier Baez. Uh, and then Cy Young, um, I'm looking for it really quickly, but I know the AL. I'm not sure what the NL was, um, but everybody knows DeGrom's going to win the NL, but I'm not sure who the other two finalists are. Um, but the AL, it's Kluber, Blake Schnell, and Justin Verlander. Um, as far as NL goes, uh, NL is DeGrom, Aaron Nola, and Max Scherzer. Uh, so some pretty basic names. I think you're going to go... Um, in the AL, I'm not really sure who's going to win in the AL. Snell had a good year, so did Verlander, and Kluber had also uh, had a good year as well. Um, so it shows us that my bold prediction of Trevor Bauer being a Cy Young candidate wasn't true. I think he would have been if he wouldn't have gotten hurt. I think he would have been there over Kluber. Um, but as far as the NL goes, if they don't give it to Degrom, it makes no sense, and baseball makes no sense. So. Uh, as far as baseball goes, it's going to be a pretty hectic offseason. we got a lot of big-name free agents, uh, a lot of names here. That's why I kind of wanted to do uh, – we did it with football where we did, you know, we went, you know, a couple free agents uh, and just said, you know, destin- des- destinations they were going to go to. But there's so many big names here. I'll read off a few of them. i got nine of them here. Um, we could go down this for days. So I think what we're going to do is take like two to three a day and then give possible destinations where we think they'll end up, um, and slowly as the you know the winter progresses. So obviously we got some big names here with Machado, Bryce Harper. Um, those are the two leaders right now. Kershaw was there too, but he again signed his uh, 
tender with the uh, Dodgers. Um, so he'll be there for a couple more years. Uh, then Patrick Corbin, uh, Michael Brantley, who you know, the Indians declined his option, probably try to get him on a cheaper deal. Craig Kimbrell, Dallas Keuchel, Nelson Cruz, and Evaldi, who's coming off a fantastic World Series and playoffs. He's going to command the most money, I think, out of any pitcher uh, because Evaldi just had a fantastic World Series. Wilson Ramos, the catcher for the Rays, is the last one. Uh, so a lot of these guys, you know, you look, Machado is just a superstar. Uh, Bryce Harper is a superstar as well. These are these are going to be the biggest names moved. But then you got guys like Patrick Corbin, uh, Nelson Cruz, Wilson Ramos. Um, these are guys who have had fantastic uh, last couple of seasons who are kind of um, under the radar in terms of uh, superstardom just based on because the MLB is the worst marketing uh Sports Lee and everything uh, that made no sense. Uh, then you got guys like Brantley, Kimbrel, Keuchel, who are kind of aging superstars, um, who also you know command a little bit of money here and there. And some of them are still doing their things, but you never know what happens here as the uh, winner goes. You know, they got guys like last year. Everybody thought you know Arietta was going to command a little bit of money, and it took him a pretty long time to get signed up. Uh, so hopefully, it won't be as slow as it was last year. I know last year the big uh, conspiracy theory was everybody was saving their money for this year's free agency class. Uh, so I think it'll be a little bit quicker than it was last year. But again, we got I just read off nine big names and we haven't even scratched the surface of all the free agents out there. Uh, so we're going to go through this a little bit more as the uh, winter progresses just because baseball headlines are slow. And uh, it's interesting because this is a pretty deep free agency class. So we're going to go now to some segments here. Uh but before that, I had to remind you guys about my guy, Dom, at D's Home Cuts. So like I said, D's Home Cuts, if A's Lawn Service is the best place to get your lawn cut, D's Home Cuts is the best place to get your hair cut. For only $7, D's Home Cuts will provide you with a modern haircut and styling. Truman and I and about 90% of our guests on this show have gotten their hair cut at D's at least once or they're a lifelong customer like we are. And everybody has said... You're never going to look or feel better after you come out of D's. Not just because your hair is looking great, but your wallet is looking great as well because you only spent $7 and you got a fantastic cut. So every time you go into the shop, you're going to get a professional cut, like I said. They get better every single time because he's always upgrading his equipment so he can give you the best haircut possible so you can be looking your best uh, for winter. So find these Home Cuts on Instagram at these Home Cuts. DM him for an appointment and you will not be disappointed. These Home Cuts professional haircuts at a low price. So segments. Got a couple segments today. Uh, our first one is Dude Just Retire. These are some aging superstars who just need to hang it up and they just won't listen uh, for whatever reason. We'll start with Floyd Medweather, who's going to fight on New Year's Eve versus some MMA guy. Fight MMA on New Year's Eve versus some Japanese fighter. I don't know a lot about MMA. I don't know a lot about fighting. All I know is Floyd Mayweather is not an MMA fighter. He is old. Uh, I don't know exact age. I don't know what why he's doing this. My theory is he's just going to get a warm-up fight in MMA versus a lower-level opponent just to see how he does. And if he does well enough, I think he's going to try to fight McGregor um, MMA style. Like I said, they did boxing. Now we'll see what happens if he comes to um, MMA. It's interesting though, because like Floyd Mayweather has made so much money over his career, he spends it on stupid stuff, um, which is why he's probably, uh, you know, hurting for money here. Uh, I'm not gonna buy this fight though. Nobody's gonna buy this fight. It's not a big deal. Um, nobody really cares. I get it. It's interesting. The diehards are gonna want to see how Floyd does MMA fighting, but again, 
if he fights somebody, I, I, he might be able to beat this Japanese guy. I don't know. It's a little bit of a lower level fighter. Uh, no disrespect to that guy. I just don't know enough about MMA to you know comment on that. Um, but McGregor, uh, if he fights, if he's trying to warm up for McGregor, this is not going to do it. Um, I think that's why he's doing it though, because he wants a little bit to. He wants to dip his foot in the water a little bit and see how well he does versus this Japanese guy. Um, before he fights Conor McGregor in the big stages, which will be a huge payday for both of them, which is why they both love money, so I could see them doing this. But who knows? Um, that would be a good fight for McGregor too because I think McGregor would win that and it'd get him off his losing streak a little bit. Um, and I think it would be a fun fight for everybody. Next guy, Tom Brady. I hate him. I hate him so much. This little check down piece of shit, all he does is check it, throw it three yards down the field to James White. I'm tired as hell of watching this dude play. He's 41 years old. Just retire after this season. Hang it up. You, you've won your Super Bowls. You've gotten your money. you got the best life. Why do you have to keep playing? It makes no sense. Rodgers is the better quarterback than you. You just have the better coach and the better team. I think Belichick wants to move on from him so badly, but he won't um, because Robert Kraft is just holding him up there. Um just retire, Tom Brady. We're tired of watching you just check down the ball. And, you know, every time you run, it looks like you're going to die because you just run so stiff. I just hate you so so much. It's not even funny. That's it. Dude, just retire. Floyd Mayweather, Tom Brady. Just hang it up. It's time to call it quits. Um, next game. Next game. Next segment. Where is our Le'Veon? Where in the world is Le'Veon? We've done this segment a couple weeks now in a row. Uh, we do have some developments here. Uh Le'Veon tweeted yesterday, he said, farewell to Miami with the peace sign. Um, so he has to report to the Steelers by 4 p.m. on November 13th, or this year won't count. He won't, he'll be, this franchise tag won't go into effect, I believe. He won't make any money, and he'll be forced to play under the franchise tag again next year, which he won't do. So he's coming back to the Steelers, I believe, soon. Maybe not next week, but the week after where he's going to play. Uh, and they got to play him because, again, he's one of the best running backs in the NFL Connor has played really well with him, without him, but still you can't leave a guy like Le'Veon on the bench. So I believe Le'Veon's going to play for the uh, Steelers, but we'll see what happens. I know Steelers fans are kind of sick and tired of Le'Veon. We're all sick and tired of Le'Veon, but once he comes back, he's just going to be the Le'Veon Bell we've all seen in the past. Hopefully he'll be a little rusty because I think we're all sick and tired of him, um, but who knows. We'll see what happens as the uh, – as this deadline of November 13th progresses for Le'Veon Bell. 4 p.m., November 13th. We're going to keep you updated on that because that's what we do here at TNT Sports Talk. Another thing we do on TNT Sports Talk is we check the hot seats for you so you don't have to. The hot seats in the NFL. Let's go to our segment of the hot seat checker. We're going to be putting a thermometer under a couple of these coaches' hot seats, and we will see uh, what's the temperature for them. So we'll start in Green Bay. It's usually pretty cold there, but with Mike McCarthy, that seat is red hot for him. Uh, like I said earlier, this offense is stale. He's not doing the things he should be doing. He's looks He looks unmotivated. He looks like he's just overwhelmed. He looks like he's still thinking it's 2010 when it's 2018. He's got to be adapting these offenses, which he doesn't do. He's wasting the prime of Aaron Rodgers' career. Time for him to go. John Harbaugh. Uh, we're checking the seat there in Baltimore, and it is also red hot. He's got one more week, I think. He's got the bye week. If they don't win off the bye, I think John Harbaugh's time in the uh, for the Ravens is over. Uh, so two Super Bowl winning coaches could end up on the free market next year, um, which would be interesting, which I don't think it's Harbaugh's fault. 
for what's going on in uh, Baltimore. I think it's Flacco. I think Flacco is just not that good. Um, even though I respected him earlier in his career, I just don't think he's that good uh, anymore. Uh, next guy, John Gruden. We're checking the seat there. That's ice cold. John Gruden will not be fired, folks, in his first year with the Raiders. His first year into a ten year, ten million dollar, hundred million dollar contract. Uh, he will not be fired. Uh, he's going to get at least three more years with his draft picks and his draft system uh, going through a little bit, and then he will. Uh, then we'll make a decision then. But he's got a couple years. He's safe. That seat's ice cold. Last guy, Jason Garrett. I'm checking the hot seat for him, and it's warm. It's been warm his entire career. He's like Marvin Lewis. His, his seat's just constantly warm. He's gotten used to it. Um, obviously, he lost last night. The Cowboys are struggling right now. They're 3-5. and five. I would move on from him, but Jerry Jones won't do that. He's just going to keep him there because Jason Garrett does what he says, and you know that's how it goes. That's the business of the NFL. So, <coughs> Sorry. So that seat is cold. That seat's warm, not cold. Not hot either. But that's it for our show today. We want to thank you to our sponsors, uh, D's Home Cuts and A's Lawn Service. We ask that you go into iTunes, give us five stars, rate, review us, and subscribe. It uh, really helps us out. Give us a five-star rating there uh, just to add to our five-star rating that we have right now in the iTunes store. Uh, follow us on Twitter at TNT Sports Talk 1-2, TNT Sports Talk 1-2, Aaron Rodgers, the GOAT, 12. Uh, so... Uh, that's where you can go. Our Twitter is the best place if you ever want to reach us. It's the best place for us. We got an email, uh, but that's mostly just for business stuff. But Twitter is where it goes. It goes down in the DMs there. Uh, that's where you can be a guest on our show. We got some big things coming up, so you're going to want to stay updated on that. I know a lot of people um, are looking looking at us, seeing what's next. But we got some things coming up here uh, that we are very excited about, very, very exciting events coming up that we're going to be talking about a little bit later down the line it's just too early to talk about it now um but go on to twitter like i said you got questions you want us to answer on the show you got comments you got concerns that's where you can go to voice all of your uh crap that you want us that you want us to know and you can debate us there too i know dylan frederick yesterday was talking a little tom brady aaron Rodgers in the dms and we were firing right back at him I, i'm sorry i didn't want to have to do it on him but uh, we had to do it, and we had to destroy him in the debate, uh, which we won't air publicly. Like I said, we won't we won't put out your DMs. But uh, if you come at us, we're gonna come right back at you. So follow us on there. Listen to us tomorrow on Twelve Ounce from seven to eight a.m. Great up and coming sports company that we have partnered with a couple months ago, and we are so excited to still be on board with them and ride this train to the top. YouTube too. If you ever want to go onto YouTube and listen to us, you can catch up on all the episodes on there. Um, if you don't have an iPhone, that's a great way to uh, get all your sports information in uh, for the next day. Other than that, that's all I have for you. Tune in on Thursday. We'll go through Week 10 predictions. We'll do a little bit more basketball news. Uh, check in on the standings. Um, start going into some of these baseball free agents and start uh, you know, getting ready for the crazy offseason uh, for baseball, which I love baseball offseason. I know it's one of those weird things for me, but I love watching baseball news in the offseason. It's just interesting. Whatever, though. That's it. Have a great day. Go out and vote and tune in on Thursday. Thanks, guys.